With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's the Afternoon Underdogs on Cards Radio 790 KRD. Now, here's Tony Vanetti and Dave Jennings. 790 WKRD, the Afternoon Underdogs. Dave Jennings here. Dwight Witten will be along shortly. Vanetti should be back tomorrow. As you know by now, the 2022 Final Four is set. Blue Bloods all over the place. Kansas, Villanova, Duke, and North Carolina. No, it will not be Duke and North Carolina in the final. Kansas battles Villanova Saturday. Duke takes on North Carolina for the first time ever in the NCAA tournament. The national championship game pits those winners next Monday, April the 4th. And the Wildcats of Villanova will be without one of their top scorers for the rest of the tournament. They said that guard Justin Moore will have surgery on a torn right Achilles later this week. This happened in the final minute of their win over Houston in the Elite Eight on Saturday. He was averaging about 15 points per game on the season. Senior Caleb Daniels is expected to start in his place. The U.S. men's national soccer team cruised to a 5-1 win over Panama. This is the third round of the World Cup qualifiers in Orlando. They have Costa Rica Wednesday night. According to The Athletic, the Cardinals are finalizing a one-year deal with former first baseman Albert Pujols. Yeah, he's still around. 42 years old, entering his 23rd Major League season. He spent his first 11 years with St. Louis and then the next 11 in Los Angeles with the Angels and the Dodgers. Lost in all of the Chris Rock, Will Smith dust-up last night at the Oscars, a former and current NBA star are claiming a win. Shaquille O'Neal and Steph Curry served as executive producers for the film The Queen of Basketball, which won an Oscar for Short Subject Documentary. This year's edition of Hard Knocks will end up in the land of Hard Knocks, Detroit. HBO Sports and NFL Films show focuses on one team during training camp and the preseason. The first episode featuring the Lions airs on August the 9th. And the Bills will get a new stadium. It is in Orchard Park just outside of Buffalo. $1.4 billion all told. No, I didn't forget. There's a big game tonight. The Louisville women and Jeff Walls looking to make the Final Four for the fourth time, the first time since 2018. They're in the Elite Eight for the fourth consecutive season. Tonight, it's Michigan at 9 o'clock. But before we can go there, we have to go back and enjoy Tennessee once again. Nick Curran, take it away. Die long pass out of the pressure. It's stolen by Smith for the cards. Ahead of Van Lith, down the lane. Wrap around, bounce pass to Inksler. Hits the floater and a foul. He's got to keep playing hard. Keep believing in each other. Right baseline, Robinson looking to inbound it. Lobs it for Inksler, catching the paint. Pucks it up and in. Oh, Inksler never landed and pitched it in from about five feet out. There's a lob, Walker catches, and Die on the alley-oop, banks it in. Four for Alexis Die. Well, Die set that one up nicely. Tim, like she was going to pop out, comes back to the middle. 
use her athleticism. Burholz buries a high left three. One pass and she fired. She has five points. Her, the Burholz plan to come out to more games, that's for sure. Hey, there's no place like home here in Kansas. Almost a steal for Inksler. They lob it ahead to Burrell. Weaves in front court, bounces right wing to die. Skips it across left corner. There you go. by Van Litt. She blocked it out of bounds. Inbounds the left of Lane Robinson. Right back to Smith. Left wing out front to Van Litt. Takes the pass right. That's Gets the it shot. back to Smith. That's left the wing shot. three. Got That's it. That's it. Now you got to play some defense. Ten for Kiana Smith. Her second made three. Cards up five with the ball. 3.16 to go. Robinson settles it down on the right-handed dribble. Getting the play call from Jeff Walls. Flips it to Inksler, swings it left wing to Van Litt, sweeping right, drives right of the lane on die, stops right of the lane, jumper, good! Big time, big time. I mean, how many times have we seen Haley Van Litt throughout the season just come up with big shots in the, before in the fourth quarter? Van Litt and Inksler calling for the crowd to get to its feet. It does. The Lady Ball's not going to foul. Van Litt keeps it on the dribble. Five seconds left with four. The cards back to the Elite Eight for the fourth straight year. And for the seventh time ever, the cards on to the Elite Eight. They defeat Tennessee today by the final score of 76-64. Boy, this was a game of toughness. Uh, they were in foul trouble, uh, and they overcame it, and they found ways to continue to scrap. Uh, had enough offense to get the job done. Three ball was going early. The foul trouble kind of stifled the Cardinal defense there, but they got it going. Chelsea Hall really got the cards going there in the third quarter. And then Haley Van Lith and Emily Inksler just cleaned it up there in the fourth. Cards on their way back to the Elite Eight. Anisha Pineda after uh, the win. And JP, congratulations in Elite Eight. Uh, what a ball game here today. Had to, had to kind of grind this one out and uh, able to do it. Man, it was so much fun. Credit to Tennessee. They're a really good team. And, you know, our mindset was we just told them at halftime, y'all, it's not over. We're, it's going to be a game of runs, and we got to have fun. We got to have joy. Like, if you're 16 teams playing right now, you're you're pretty good. <laughs> so, you know, we, we took the challenge. I thought we were really, really tough down the stretch. And, you know, we brought it in. Like I said, shout out to Tennessee because they're a really good team. And I just thought we competed today, and we were tough. Had to, had to grind through some things. And, uh, you know, they obviously were able to get to the free throw line quite a bit, but but defensively, uh, it seemed like you guys again were able to, to kind of bother them with that uh, with that pressure when you were able to put it on. I know there was some foul trouble that presented some challenges, but uh, but when you were able to use it, it was really effective again tonight. Absolutely. We forced them to 18 turnovers, and, you know, I think it's not on the stat sheet, but, you know, Olivia Cochran, right? Yeah. Shout out to her because she, even though she fouled out, she was super tough. You know, that girl's, what, 6'6", six, six and O's about 6'2", and she battled. Emily had great steals. Mikasa came in. You know, I think Kiana had four steals. It's just clutch. We tell everybody just be ready for your moment and embrace the opportunity that you get when you go out there. But I talk, thought collectively, like you said, defensively, we were we were really, really locked in. And, uh, well, Lucy Wall said it. Always going to have to play her butt off tonight, and, and that's <laughs> that's what we saw. Uh, she was dead on with that with that scouting report. Uh, speaking of everyone having to step up in their moment, how about Peyton Verholz coming to her home state and uh, didn't miss a shot in the game. She was, uh, she was spectacular in that first half. Welcome home, Peyton Verholz. You know what? Peyton has had two really good practices the last days, and, you know, we've been on her because we've told her we need her. And her production is very valuable to our team. And I thought she took that in this environment. She's home and she was comfortable. And she 
in that first half, man, she gave us a spark that we needed, and I, I thought it was great. Proud of her. And then in the third quarter, it was Chelsea who uh, the offense was uh, was struggling a little bit. She was the one that was able to provide it. She scored all nine of her points there in the third. She had a great game, but uh, she did it with the scoring there in the third quarter. It was a big play. Yep, at Chelsea. At, you know, you sometimes she tries to look for others because I believe she had four assists in the first half, and then in the second half, coach told her Chelsea. Be aggressive, shoot your shot. And the first shot she hit was the corner three, and that's her shot. And we told her, that's what we need you to do. And we tried to feed her the ball as much as we can because she was hot. And it just, everybody does their part. It gives our team a, sp a spark, and it makes us really special. Hey, Haley, the shots, she took a lot of good shots. Just didn't go in today. But uh, her ability to kind of do other things, obviously she was clutch, 9 of 10 at the free throw line, and, and also had six assists. Thought she was really good, and uh, even though the shot wasn't necessarily falling. Absolutely, you know, in the set, in, excuse me, at halftime, she just told the team, y'all, I got y'all, and I'm going to make the best play for the team. And I thought she did a great job finding others in the second half, and then she just shoot her shot. Listen, you know, we don't tell our kids not to shoot. We tell them to shoot the, the good shots and your shots, and that's what she did, and they didn't fall. But like you said, she was aggressive, got to the free throw line ten times. It was nine for ten, so you can't ask for more from her. And then Emily, I mean, it's just been her the entire year, but another double-double and uh, just, uh, again, so disruptive. And, and uh, when her outside shot is falling, it seems like that just adds a whole other dimension to your all's offense. Listen, her outside shot's falling, I, I feel sorry for you. But she embraced the moment. You know, this is her first time getting past the Sweet 16, and that's what she told the team. And she was super excited, but Emily's going to be Emily. You know, and, and that's what we love about her. And I thought she was great, you know. She, she no question was. And uh, now looking forward to an Elite Eight matchup. I know you guys will be watching closely a couple of really good teams here in South Dakota who kind of has flown under the radar, I guess. But people have obviously seen them in the NCAA tournament now. They're a very good team. And obviously we've already seen Michigan very much up close earlier this year. So uh, I know looking forward to a great game here. Yeah, we're super excited about the opportunity um, for whomever we get. Coach told him at the end of the game, listen, guys, both of these teams are really good. You know, you don't overlook any team right now because anything can happen. You know, our focus is one more, and we know that Monday, whomever we play, is going to be a tough game. And we're just excited about the opportunity, and we're looking forward to no matter who we play. One more. How about uh, how about the crowd? I mean, a lot of folks, it's not a short trip, great turnout here, hopefully more on Monday, but it's uh, – it was a, a, a great environment, and uh, I thought uh, probably gave you guys a little bit of a, a, a nice lift with the crowd that was here. Absolutely. We love our fans. Card Nation means the world to us, and they showed up today. You know, Tennessee went on a 6-0 run, and we always joke because we don't even think our players noticed that they did, but Card Nation did, <laughs> and they woke us up, and then we, made, we got stops. We actually got three stops in a row, and then we scored. So shout-out to them. We love them, and I know they'll be here Monday louder than ever because they know – this team can do it, and they believe in us. What a game. Congratulations. Another Elite Eight. Enjoy it. Enjoy the second game. We'll see you on Monday. Absolutely. Thanks, Nick. Back after this on 790 KRD. Glad to have you back. The afternoon underdogs. Dave Jennings here. Vanetti hopefully back tomorrow. Dwight Witten will be along shortly. You ready for some football? I know. I know the women are playing basketball tonight. Final four on the line. Looking forward to that but also looking forward to the Cardinals getting after it this fall. Let's see what's happening with Coach Scott Satterfield. He addressed the media after practice last week. Man, it's been fun. You know, I think um, really we've had one, I think, 
what I'd call a bad practice would be uh, on, on Monday after got, get, getting back from spring break. I thought that was a very average to below average practice. Um, but other than that, every other day has been outstanding. I mean, great energy, great competitiveness. Um, it, you know, guys mean something to them. I mean, it means something to them to come out. It's not just a, you know, they say you got to get 15 days of practice in spring and, you know, let's just go show up. That's not happening. They're coming out and they're working really good, working hard, very intentional in, in their approach. Um, and, and really in all three phases, um, you know, I think um, it's fun to watch as a coach. You know, we, we're trying to create a lot of different scenarios and, and different things throughout the practice to be able to, uh, you know, to coach off of those, to teach off of those things. A lot of, a lot of two-minute scenarios, red zone work, um, and then, um, you know, of course, third down work. I mean, those are the things that, you know, we're trying to get better at, and I think we, we have gotten better um, you know, offensively with that. And so that that's really helping us. And we've and we've tackled way more this spring than we ever have since I've been here. Um, again, today was another day of that. We tackled today with um, in about three different segments of practice. Hey, Coach, uh, Michael McCammon. Um, you mentioned defense. Obviously, that's an area that you guys want to improve upon this year. I mean, you want to improve everywhere, yeah. obviously. Um, but have you have you been pleased or have you been pleased with the progress that they're making week by week? Yeah, you know, I think right now there, there's there's several guys that are out, you know, as you think about starters that are, that are not getting the reps, you know, which makes a difference. And, um, you know, Monty Montgomery, Trey Clark, uh, Duncan, uh, Momo, none of those guys are, are out there whenever we're going, you know, live. And so that makes a difference. You know, we do have, you know, Yaya's really showing up, you know, Ashton's showing up, making some great plays, um, you know, really like what we're seeing from them. But we are developing some other guys, you know, as you think about, um, you know, um, uh, KJ Cloyds, you know, at linebacker there, Debo. Um, I call him Debo. What's what's Levin's name? Uh, Dorian Jones. Yeah, Dorian Jones. Man, I call him Debo. Dorian Jones. He's uh, he, he's getting a lot of reps at linebacker, so he's doing some good stuff. Um, you know, Trey Franklin has gotten better at, at corner. You know, hopefully, you know, he can give us some depth as we get into into the fall. You know, but there's a lot of guys that that are not here yet. Also, that'll be in that secondary that that'll help us. Um, you know, and then. You know, and then, like I mentioned, those those injured guys. But, you know, so I do think the offense is ahead of the defense. You know, when you think about the ones, the first unit, you know, our our first unit um, are, are pretty talented. You know, we, we're pretty deep at running back. We mentioned that. we got four guys. The receivers are making plays out there, doing some great things, and then really more impressed with our offensive line. You know, we, we there's nine guys that I feel like today that that'll help us in the fall. Like that, if they're out there playing, we won't we'll, won't miss a beat. And so that that depth that we've created up front is tremendous, um, and you know that's going to help make us a really good offense. Uh, Scott, uh, building off of the injuries part, obviously last year you had the, the a few like long term injuries to Keisha Clark, Monty Montgomery, Braid Smith, a few guys like that. How have the respective rehabs kind of gone with those three? Yeah, I mean, it's going good. I think really all our injured guys, they're, they're on track. You know, like, you know, for example, Monty Montgomery, um, he's, he's getting some like seven-on-seven seven work. He's getting individual. So he's getting work. He's out there. We just, we're just not putting them out in the 11-on-11 11 11 work, which is, to me, kind of gets skewed a little bit defensively. You know, if they give up a player or two, you know, we, they just, we just don't have, you know, some of our guys out there when they're going against the one offense. I mean, it's a little bit unfair in that regard. Um, but those guys are getting work. Um you know, Trey Clark's getting a lot of individual work. He, he's looking really good. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's running most of it like straight line and uh, straight ahead running. But, um, but Monty's actually doing some cuttings and doing some really good stuff. I mean, he, you know, he, he's not far off at all. And, and Duncan's running, you know, he, he's running out there now, you know, coming off his surgery. So, so I'm, I'm pleased by, you know, where they're at. JJ um, had surgery as well. And, 
he, he's doing good. I mean, so all these guys who have come back with some of this stuff, um, they're not far off. But, but where we are in spring practice, just, we just don't want to you know, risk any kind of chance of getting re-injured. We've heard a lot of good things uh, about Hudson and Wiggins, uh, the guys that have come in. Um, what's, your, what's your take on how those two have shined in spring practice? Yeah, you know, just both of them have come in and really just great attitudes, number one. They, they, they both have come in and just want to eager to learn and pick up everything as quickly as they possibly can. They're over here working all the time, um, even in January, February, prior to spring practice. Um, and, you know, Tyler, he's, he's made plays every every practice. Like, every, there hadn't been one practice that's gone by he didn't make plays. And when I say make plays, these are type of plays where the rest of the players are looking around going, who is that? You know, who is this guy? And, uh, you know, he's fun to watch. And, um, you know, but some of the old guys, I mean, Marshawn Ford today made some great plays. I mean, you know, he, he's, you know, we, we got some good weapons. I mean, Tyon's a guy who made some plays today. We, we let him get a lot of reps with the ones today. And because um, he hadn't been getting as many with the ones. And he, he, he made some great plays today, some really good runs. So runs so low to the ground, has great center of balance. Um, you know, but, it, but, you know, and Malik's playing very well. Malik's playing at a high level, you know. But anytime you have the weapons he has right now, when you think about a Ford and a Wiggins and a and a Hudson and and these running backs, I mean, and there's a lot of weapons there where he he doesn't have to you know do some of the things he did the last year where he's running all over the place. I mean, these guys are making plays for him, and it makes it a lot easier. Coach, when you talk about the running backs, uh, <clears throat> you've got four of them that could be starters. I mean, yeah. how is that competition and and what's it like every day when they're when they're battling? You know, it's been really good in that room. And I think, you know, give a lot of credit to Durrell, uh, the running back coach. He's really managed that group well, um, that room well. They, they're they competing off each other. They're feeding off each other. There's not any really any animosity in there. They've come to work every single day. Um, you know, I, I like the competition fact. You know, if, if a, a guy, you know, he's going to get his rep and he knows he's got to be able to make a play. And if he want to get some more reps, you know, otherwise one of those other guys are going to get it. You know, what you love that because it's just elevating all, all their other play. But you're right. I mean, I, I feel great about all four of those guys. I mean, if, if any one of those guys had to go in a game and play, um, I feel really, really good about it. Cooley, to me, has been one of the players that's gotten maybe uh, improved more than anybody else compared to last year. I just think his growth as a person, maturity, um, ability, all those things have really gone up for him. Um, and Jordan, uh, you know, Jordan's a guy, you know, who was hurt, hurt last year. But, man, we, we love what he's been doing in camp. He, he's got, you know, electricity when he runs. I mean, he's just, he's just different when he runs as far as the speed. Now, he's not as big. So, for us, you know, which is a great changeup, you know, because we got some big guys back there. So, I love where we're at right there in that room. Coach, you mentioned the offensive line and the depth that you have there. We haven't had a chance to talk to you since you moved Coach Cardwell there. Can you just mm -hmm. talk about moving Nick to that spot, how it worked out, and, and, and bringing Coach Step in? Yeah. Yeah, you know, Cardwell, the one thing he brings is a lot of, a lot of energy and a lot of juice and a lot of passion, you know, which our players love. And I think, you know, the tight ends were bombed whenever I moved into the offensive line. But the offensive line was fired up. I mean, because, you know, they know how he was from when he was here before. And, man, they if you interview those guys, they're going to tell you they love him. And, you know, and they're doing, they're doing a great job right now. They're playing hard. The one thing that, that you can see and notice in practice is how they're finishing plays up front. They are chasing the ball down the field. You know, there's not, there's, they're, they're not standing around after they get their guy blocked. They are running down the field and finish. He's making that a point of emphasis. Um, and, you know, because he's chasing them. Like, like he's literally right behind them chasing them in practice, you know. So that passion, that energy is, is just contagious. And so that, that's what's happened in that room. You know, we were able to bring in Coach Step, a guy who was, you know, offensive coordinator at Georgia State. And, 
he, he brings in a, a lot of, a lot of energy as well, but in a different way, you know, he's a great teacher. Um, I was talking to Marshawn yesterday about him. He's like, I said, how you liking the new coach? He's like, coach, I like him. He said, he's really taught me a lot in his short time to being here. Um, he's a good teacher. He's a good, he's a relationship guy, man. He, he's with these kids talking to them, these players every day. And, um, you know, so he's really fit in well. I really like the offensive staff room. You know, I think coach Taylor's done a great job so far of, of really organization, um, organizing our whole practices and our, and the way we're doing things on offense. Um, they're really, uh, you know, the walkthroughs he's been setting up, the the, the, the unit meetings with the players and coach, I, it's really been really good for me to sit back and kind of just watch and, and taking a lot off my plate, which is the reason why we hired him. And a follow-up, if I may, on, on Coach Cardwell, how, how important, obviously teaching and the technique and everything is important, but how important is that juice to have yeah. from a coach, from somebody, you know, and, he, and he's a younger guy? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the first thing even before that is the fact that, he knows our offense inside and out. He was here before. He left and went to, you know, Appalachia State, and they, they're basically running our offense. And so for two years, he's tutoring, he's learning, teaching that O-line there, and he comes here as a tight end coach. Well, then Coach Big leaves, man. It was just a natural move to slide him right in there to the offensive line. He knew exactly what we're doing. We didn't miss a beat. Where if you had to go hire somebody out there, you got to teach them what we're doing. It's just, man, we'd have missed the whole spring. So that's number one. So that that was great to be able to slide him right in. I miss a beat, but but to what your your point is, is is that's that's a huge plus for us because that passion, that energy, is so contagious. It's not fake. Um, it's every day. It's in the meeting rooms. It's live. It's um, the guys are on their toes all the time. You know, there's. Um, I just think he keeps them engaged, and you know, and if you're thinking about 18 to 22 year olds when for guys. You know, in, in a society where everybody's, you know, on these right here, it takes a lot to keep people engaged, right? I mean, after a little bit of time, they they, they start wandering and this and that, but he, he's right on them, you know. So I think that part of it's huge. So you're able to teach them more and, and they're able to retain more because they are paying attention and, they're, and they want to get better. Um, so it's been fun to watch. It's been a, it's been a fun spring so far. We, I really love how we all, we've all come together. Um, on, you know, specifically the offensive side of the ball. And, I, and I'm loving our, our guys on defense as well. You know, you talk about, you know, Coach Crime, what he's comes in, a lot of energy he's bringing and, you know, the knowledge and, and experience he's been able to bring to that side of the room has been has been awesome as well. Um, so, yeah, it's just been a really good mix with our staff. It, it's been fun to, to, to witness. Scott, you mentioned Cooley as someone who's been one of the players who's been most improved from last year. Who are some other guys who have been shown throughout spring that they've a lot of improvement on yeah. the various game or some or who are some other standouts well we talk about you know jordan you know jordan basically played the syracuse game and the bowl game you know we see the 100 yard kickoff return that he had um he, he's really turned a lot of heads this spring and you know every time he got reps and he's out there he, he pops one he pops a long a long run um i think luke kandra is a guy up front that's really come into his own um he's ready to start you know, he, he's ready to start at guard. He's that kind of player right now. Very excited about, about him. You got Brian Hudson, you know, moved to that center position full time now. And Kendra right beside him. He just creates a ton of depth. Caleb, Caleb Chandler's not even going this spring. And we hadn't missed a beat up front. I mean, he's a first team all ACC lineman, you know. And once we get him back, I mean, that's just another body that we're going to be able to put in there. And, uh, you know, but I think Kendra's one that's really stood out um, to all of us. Um, you know, I think, um, Tyler, Tyler, um, uh, what's Tyler's last name? Fast kid. Yeah. Yeah. Tyler Harrell, man. That guy right there has had a great spring. You know, 
he doesn't want to be known as just a guy that runs by people. And this spring has made a point of, of underneath catches, uh, curl routes, digs, catching the ball. Um, he's improved as anybody the three years I've been here, uh, if anybody on the team, you know, just and it's his work at the, every single day putting it in. Um, you know, it's been tremendous, you know, and, and I think uh, Tutu Atwell was here today at practice. He's like, Coach, Tyler Harrell, boy, he got good, Coach. You know, he, he was – he saw it today. He was fired up about it. So, I, I think, you know, everybody knows his name, but but he's, he's getting a lot better and, and continue to do things. I think Yaya and Ashton, I mentioned them earlier. I think those two on defense, to me, are continuing to get better. Um, they're, they're impact players on that side of the ball. And, um, you know, again, you know, we, we're going to need those guys, um, you know, to help help the defense. Scott, you were talking about staffing a, a few moments ago. Uh, you lost uh, Aaron from the recruiting room. Um, what I guess, what's your thoughts on filling that spot? And are there other spots that you would still like to add to that room as well? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, Aaron, he, he felt he had a great opportunity, you know, and, and he, at some point he wants to coach. He wants to get on the field. And I think he felt that that was an opportunity for that to happen. And um, he did a great job for us while he was here. And, you know, we'll go out we're right now. We're, we're vetting some other guys and, you know, doing some interviews. And, and we definitely want to go, you know, get a guy to replace his spot. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to continue to, to build out that room. We, we're not where we need to be in, in, in the recruiting room. we got to continue to build that room out. Um, to get more personnel, you know, and I'm just comparing them to the, the ACC. You know, we're not where a lot of the schools in this conference are as, as far as that goes in that room. And, you know, it takes a, it takes a commitment. It takes a commitment on, on our administration, but also us to, to be able to go out and hire these guys and bring them in into the fold because it is helping tremendously right now. We've all seen the fruits of the labor that that's happened over the last couple of months in recruiting. Um, you know, and, and it's not going to stop. I mean, it's, it's every single day. And, um, you know, like today, we had a, there's a ton of visitors here today as well. And so we got to continue to build that out. And so, you know, hopefully over the next few weeks, we'll be able to, you know, add to that room. Scott, one, one, one more for me. Um, you've, you've had a lot of kids in, do you anticipate adding a few more that will show up, I guess this summer? Is that, is that, is that the right way to put it? I mean, that they would get this summer. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, as we, you know, head head in there, there's several that are itching to be here, like yesterday. Um, you know, particularly you know on the defensive side, you know, and that's once we get these guys in here, we should have we should have you know several, most probably four or five more additions by the summertime when we get back in into May. And uh, you know, that's going to be exciting for us. And I know it'll be exciting for our coaches to be able to start working with them this summer and um, you know to get them caught up as, as quickly as possible. Because the thing that we see. It, it happened last year. It's happening this year with these with these guys we brought in, just particularly on offense in in you know in January, um, even and Momo this year too, and Griffin Griffin on defense. Those it, it's, they're immediate impact guys. You know they help your team right now. They bring experience because they played, and um and and the learning curve is you know is a lot better for those guys than it is for a freshman coming in. You know those guys are gonna be able to help us. So yeah, we're we're excited about what we got coming in. All right, guys. Thank y'all. Back after this on 790 KRD. Well, that's some Jason Nathanson music if I ever heard it. Jason, are you there? Hey, good morning. Hey, man, good morning. Thanks for the time. Hey, listen, I, I, I got to ask you. This is a game I play every time I go to the beach. Real or fake? Last <laughs> night, Will Smith... <laughs> Real or fake? I got to think it's real, and I'll tell you why. Number one, why would Will Smith 
what what to have. I, I don't know. It wouldn't be a good look for him slapping someone over a joke. And number two, no. Chris Rock. Why would he just want to stand there and look like a punk? If you know, I'm saying, you know, what I'm saying, does it make sense to you? But if you're truly angry, you're not going to slap a guy. You're going to punch him. Yeah, I, 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 I smell setup, Jason. Yeah, I want to know where you land on this, man. No, no, this was 100% real, and I'll, I'll give you several reasons why. One, it, it was something we were asking as it was happening backstage, especially because the, the, the smack, it looked like it possibly, you know, you can stage something like that. But one, one thing, one telling thing is the sound. It made a sound that you could only make if Will Smith did the movie thing where he smacks him and punches his chest at the same time, right? Right. To make that sound. If you look, Will Smith's left hand is down. Yeah. It's not up at his chest. Secondly, both of them cursed. If it's a bit, they don't curse because they know the second they curse they, that you at home lose the, the audio. And you lose some of the video as well. The bit is ruined by them cursing. They only they cursed because it was actually real in the moment. You're very you're 100 percent correct in that Will Smith does not do this. There's no reason for him to do it. He does not come out looking good. But also Chris Rock's reaction afterwards clearly stunned. Doesn't he's not making jokes? He doesn't have a great comeback right. for him. He, he he has no idea what's going on. He loses his place where he's going. Third, fourthly, fifthly, I don't know where we are. <laughs> Third, a hundredly, yeah. Will Smith apologizes during his speech. Uh, he, what's he apologizing for if he didn't do anything wrong? And then also the Academy put out a statement saying it does not condone violence. Right. It doesn't put out that statement if this didn't actually happen. So, yes, it actually happened. Um, the reasons why, you know, you can take Will Smith at face value and saying he was, quote, unquote, protecting his family. Um, but something clearly more was going on here because this is the guy in Hollywood with the most carefully curated reputation in the past 50 years, right? He, everything he does is, was to get to that stage last night and win an Oscar. Right. He's the nice guy in the room. He's the happy-go-lucky guy. He's the guy who doesn't curse in his raps. He is, you know, a pleasure to be around on set. He's not the guy we saw last night. And so something must have snapped, whether it was the joke, whether it's the history between the two of them, with Chris Rock making previous jokes from the Oscars stage. I don't know exactly what it was, but something snapped last night. Well, that's what I was going to ask you, Jason, because and we we want to get on to some of the other things that happened last night because a lot of yeah, pretty cool things happened. <laughs> yeah, why? But that's another thing I want to ask you is the motivation behind it because he's laughing, and then when when Chris Rock says this G.I. Jane 2 joke, I didn't realize that Jada Jada Pinkett Smith had a uh, medical condition that caused her to lose her hair, and it's just why she's wearing a short. So that, I think when he makes that joke, that might have been it, but what do I know? But isn't that out there, Jason? Every other aspect of Jada and Will's life is out there because of those two. But you don't make fun of it, though, do you? Medical condition? Well, yes, it's out there, and people knew. I mean, did I remember it going into that? I no. Uh, did Chris Rock? And that's that's another thing to to look at. Did, did Chris Rock? Was this joke written, or was it off the cuff? 
um, because you know that that kind of makes a difference. If, if if it was written, then they knew that she was going to show up with short hair, right? And then they would probably know why. Uh, but it, whatever the case, it, Will Smith was not happy. And you're right; he did seem to laugh. And then he looks over at his wife, who was rolling her, her eyes, and she was clearly unhappy. But Chris Rock has made jokes before. In 2016, he made a couple jokes at the couple's expense. Earlier in the night, also Regina Hall made a joke, uh, which I I don't know if you caught that. She was doing the bit where she was bringing up hunky guys on stage to give them a you know special COVID test, and Will Smith was <laughs> she said, "Hey, Will Smith, you can come up here." Jada said that it was okay. Oh, oh. which is a joke about. It's seemingly about the, they have this kind of open relationship right. where they've talked about it in the past, and that seemed to be a joke about that. So maybe that was, you know, part of it. But whatever the case, it's strange to figure out again what's going on in Will Smith's head because he's going into the night knowing that he's going to win the Oscar for Best, for best Actor, right? That was a lock. So he's sitting there in the audience in what should be the best moment of his life, excited for this award that's going to finally pay off. He's got a bunch of nominations before. He's never Never gotten to that stage. He should be sitting there and thinking about his speech, soaking in the moment or whatever, and then it just it, it turns on a dime. Well, Jason, every March around these parts and in offices all around the country, we talk about bubble teams and teams that got snubbed. Who were the big snubbies last night? Uh, you know, I don't know. The, the, well, first of all, everybody, um, because of Chris Rock and Will Smith, because we're not talking about any of the other moments for the most part. Uh, so everybody kind of got snubbed in, in that sense. Um, but as far as the actual awards, uh, they, they went as planned. Coda winning Best Picture, that was what everybody thought was going to happen. Will Smith winning Best Actor, Jessica Chastain Best Actress, Troy Kotzer uh, for CODA winning uh, Best Supporting Actor, the first deaf male to win Best Supporting Actor, which is pretty cool. I guess if you're going to go with a, with a uh, industry snub, it would have to be Netflix because it went in there with 12 nominations for The Power of the Dog. It won Best Director for Jane Campion, but that was it. But even more, uh, just a... Uh, I was going to say slap in the face, but (laughs) an inappropriate Um, uh, even more a thorn in the side to Netflix, if you will, is the fact that Apple TV Plus becomes the first streaming service to win Best Picture. This is something Netflix has been trying for for years, has gotten close before with Roma and The Irishman, or thought it got close with those films. Um, and, and then all of a sudden, Apple TV Plus is the one that actually gets the, the gold ring, which has really got – Netflix has got to be really unhappy about that. Is there some kind of uh, industry grudge with Netflix and, and uh, the film – I mean, I, I don't – the film industry just seems to hold, the, hold it against Netflix that it's not in theaters. Or at least they used to be. But well, a, a film is a film yeah. is a film, I would think. I, I that, that that used to be a much bigger thing. You remember Steven Spielberg was kind of mad about it. That was a couple of years ago. That was before the pandemic. Right. The pandemic changed everything. Oh, good point. Uh, and, and, and people have understood. And this is the way the industry was going, but it, it took the pandemic to really gain absolute overall acceptance. Um, so it, it, that's no longer the thing that it once was, I think. Let's talk about this for a second, if you don't mind. It seemed like there several different little mini reunions movie mini reunions last night was that orchestrated for example wesley snipes rosie perez woody harrelson at the same you know did they orchestrate these little movie reunions on purpose or did it just they just sat with them, each other because they're friends 
So you're asking me if they put the people on stage together on purpose? Yeah. For, for the reunion? Yeah. <laughs> up on stage out of nowhere, out, like they were walking through Hollywood. <laughs> hey, let's all go on stage together. Yeah, that was that. Was, well, I, I guess my I guess my question was: uh, <laughs> Is it just to celebrate these older movies, or what? Yeah, that's what the Oscars tries to be, right? Okay. Celebration of movies. That's why we got the James Bond tribute thing that we got. Um, the 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 Godfather, uh, the White Men Can't Jump, and there's no real rhyme or reason. Oh, some of them, like Godfather and uh, James Bond, were both celebrating big anniversaries. I think 60 and 50 years of both of those movies, respectively. Uh, why White Men Can't Jump? I don't really know right. why that movie. I mean, necessarily, the, the Godfather it, makes sense. Yeah. No, I'm with, I'm with you there as to why I don't know the timing. If there was an anniversary or did they just think it was cool to do, um, I, I don't know necessarily why, you know, that movie. And I think there were a couple others as well. Um, but, you know, I think people enjoyed it. They, they like to see those old, those those moments come together. But, you know, a lot of talk has been made about how uh, they need to get viewers. I don't know that this necessarily, that necessarily draws in viewers. Talking to Jason Nathanson live in Hollywood, one of the biggest criticisms of the Oscars is always the length of the broadcast. They tried to roll the music under people to shut them up, and that really didn't work. Last night they cut some categories out. How did it work out? Uh, yeah, the the it, it was supposed to end at eight o'clock. It ended at like eight forty, I think, um, our time here Pacific. So uh, didn't work out at all. <laughs> That's what they were trying to do. And uh, and sorry guys, I got to play myself off here. Okay, there you go. Go to another station. But uh, thanks. Take care, uh, Jason Nathan. There you go. Yeah, I was. Uh, I didn't watch. So every, all the all the questions I have is from gleaning. Yep. From, from reading articles, but I, 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 I just, haven't watched it in six, seven years. I used to watch it all the time. Then politics got into it, and I was out. Well, I, I never was a big award show. It just, I don't know. Me either, but the Oscars were always kind of fun. I don't watch the Grammys or the CMAs, which are, what, four times a year? Something like that? Oh, CMAs? Seems like it. C- CMAs, uh, they have the CMAs on Tuesdays. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's, it's, every every Tuesday, there's a country music award where this week's entertainer of the year is. <laughs> I know, no, but so uh, here's another thing. Again, didn't watch, but I had to do a little bit of research to prepare for the show. A L- little bit of pot kettle here, since we work for iHeart, talking about awards. No kidding. Uh, Liza Minnelli came out in a wheelchair as uh, her and Lady Gaga presented Best Picture, which went to Coda. Um, that's kind of cool that Liza Minnelli, but. Little Gaga, too, right here. Yeah. And here's something I didn't realize until last week, but uh, remember that 70s show, Mila Kunis? Right, right. I didn't know she was from Ukraine. Yes, she is. She came over here from Ukraine, became an actress. Uh, She introduced Reba McIntyre last night because her song got, uh, her song called Somehow You Know. Uh, That's a song about Kreskin. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, it is. Written by his wife. <laughs> but evidently they held a moment of silence for the Ukraine, so there you go. But anyway, as far as the reunions, I had no idea if they had them set together. It just said there were three reunions. One of them, it was uh, Wesley Snipes, Rosie Perez, and Woody Harrelson for White Men Can't Jump. Mm-hmm. There was another one, Jennifer Gardner, J.K. Simmons, and Elliot Page. Oh, Juno? For Juno. It's not Elliot Page. Or it's Elliot Page now, right? Uh-huh. Uh, there, was a, there was four of them total. 
Third one was Samuel Jackson, Uma Thurman, and John Travolta. That was Pulp Fiction. Right, right. And then The Godfather was Al Pacino, De Niro, and Francis Ford Coppola. All right, lots of pasta, right, baby? Lots of pasta. So you have Thunder over Louisville coming up. I would recommend Thunder at the center. But if you have other plans, if you're having people to the house or you're heading down to the waterfront, lots of pasta has boxed lunches with the delicious sandwich. Get the chicken chipotle pasta salad and a gigantic cookie. People coming to your place, you've got the family-sized entrees for 10 to 12 people. It's about 4 to $5 a head to cater with lots of pasta. You can't call someone and have them cater yours for anything near that, and it's not going to be anywhere near as good either. I got a pound of baked ham. Actually, Becky stopped by, got me a pound of baked ham, which they bake in-house at lots of pasta. Last night, we wanted a little snack. We had the gluten-free cheese pizza. Yes, I'm doing gluten-free because lots of pasta makes it so good. Drop by for lunch today. Shop for the weekend. Maybe get a chicken pot pie, some individual eggplant parmesans. They have delicious Mexican entrees as well at lots of pasta. Beer, coffee from around the world, everything. And they do it so well, they're going on now 41 years. In the heart of St. Matthew's, on the Toast app, too. That's a free app. Lots of pasta, Louisville.com. Back after this. My goodness, it's right. It has to be the quickest weekend I've ever had. No doubt. That's Dave Jennings. Jeff Melby over there on the news. What's going on, Jeff? How you doing, man? What's going on, Dwight? How are you? Good to see everybody. Uh, how was everybody's weekend? What, did you do anything, Jeff? Uh, you know, a, a few things. Uh, was here on Saturday morning, anchoring the Saturday morning news. Uh, did some work around the house. Caught a soccer game down at Lynn Family Stadium. Had a pretty good weekend. How about you guys? Did you freeze your uh, rear end off when you're watching? <laughs> you know, <laughs> luckily, the press being in radio gets you some advantages. Oh. One of those is sitting indoors. Okay. <laughs> what about you, Dave? Game. Got together with some friends, played cards on Saturday, spent some time with the grandson yesterday, and watched a good movie called... Rescued by Ruby. You sent me that. You and your wife, Becky, sent me that. You said, watch this movie now. We wanted to, but... It's uh, a great family movie. There's not a lot of conflict. Everyone's nice to each other. It's just a really good story and completely appropriate for all ages. Now, did you win any uh, money playing cards? We did. We tied for seconds. We got our money back. Listen, if the Gaming Commission is uh, listening right now, might want to investigate Dave Jennings. We also started writing Lawn Boy the Musical. Okay. <laughs> we didn't get very far on that. I had a great but quick weekend. Uh, Susan Tyler and Witten and I, we went out to St. Edward's Fish Fry, and it was spectacular. Everybody at St. Edward's, uh, just great people. And then Saturday night. What is St. Edward the saint of? Uh, fish. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. And boy, does he do a good job. St. Ed, patron saint of plumbers. <laughs> I'm not sure what he is, but... Uh, but it was a great crowd, a great fish, great food out there. We're going to hit another one this Friday. And then Saturday, uh, went by Louisville Billiards to watch um, in the Music City Stones. It's a Stones tribute band. And, man, I got to tell you, they crush it. They, they look and sound like the Stones. It's just amazing. And they go deep. It's not, not just, you know, hits. They went back and they, 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 they do deep cuts like um, we'll call it Star Star, mm-hmm. Respectable, stuff like that. So it was a great show. St. Edward is the patron saint of kings, difficult marriages, separated spouses, and the English royal family. 
Do all of those things go together? I kind of do. <laughs> I feel like they do really well, let's get right to it. Uh, Taylor Hawkins has passed away, the drummer for the uh, Foo Fighters. Wow, only 50 years old. Jeff, have you heard anything on this? I know details were, were kind of locked down for the first couple of days. Um, have you heard any news on this yet, or have you been following it all? Yeah, I've seen it. The, uh, the the news that came in this morning, the toxicology results show that uh, he had multiple substances in his system, including THC, opioids, and antidepressants. And uh, supposedly, we, we heard this morning, Tony Cruz reported this, or didn't report it, but uh, said it to me, that uh, his heart was enlarged. That was the, the report from... Mm. Uh, the the autopsy. So uh, it appears that it's a drug-related death for Taylor Hawk. Ten different substances altogether. Wow. It's quite the cocktail. That's so sad, man. 50 years old musicians. Come on, man. Yeah, I know. Come I on. He was in great shape. Now let's get what everybody's going to be talking about. Today at the water cooler, Will Smith smacking Chris Rock. I saw the video. Will Smith looks legitimately aggravated and pissed, but then again, he's an actor. The slap looks and sounds real. And I started to think, well, is this a stunt for the Oscars? Like a wardrobe malfunction yeah. kind of stunt? But then I thought, well, listen, it's it's not going to increase viewership for this one because the ratings are going to be, they are what they are. But is it a stunt to get people to watch the Oscars next year? And I, but I got to tell you. The, the stunt they should have pulled uh, five years ago was stop lecturing us about politics. No, absolutely. But here's why I think it's real. On what planet would a man, if, if you went to a man and you said, listen, we're going to have someone come up and slap you and you just stand there like a punk and don't do anything and the entire world's going to watch. Uh, mm-hmm. Get it? I don't think Chris Rock would do that. I think it's real. What do you all think on this? I have no idea what to think. All options are on the table. Why was he so mad at him? Did I miss a backstory here? I, I must have too, Jeff. So, yeah. So the the joke that he made that Chris Rock made was about uh, Jada Pinkett Smith, Will Smith's wife, being in GI Jane two. It was a reference to her hairstyle, Jada Pinkett Smith's hairstyle. She wears it short because she announced in 2018 that she has alopecia. <gasps> so that's that's everybody everybody's reading into the joke saying that. Uh, Chris Rock maybe stepped over the line with the joke, and that's what provoked the response from Will Smith. Oh, wow. So she's wearing her short because of a medical condition. Correct. Oh. Yeah. Well, maybe it's legitimate then. Wow. I will say, watching the tape, yeah. I, my reaction is that it was it was staged. Really? I, my, you think so? Really? Yeah, my initial take was that it was staged, just watching it for the first time this morning when I got into work. I mean... Dwight, if someone came up to you and slapped you across the face, would your reaction be to say "Wow" and not re- like he didn't? No, I would go he, after him. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's he, just he reflex, right? Or doing, yeah, just reflex. If someone physically attacks you, wouldn't you turn back and at least like, you know, look in like an active stance, like you're ready for a fight? I mean, he, Chris Rock just stood there and said "Wow," and then Will Smith walked away. Chris I mean, Rock's a pretty self-deprecating guy. I don't recall his jokes being very personal and hateful. That's true. So that this well. whole thing could have been staged. From the joke all the way to yeah, the slap. Yeah, but at one point, do you agree to just look like a punk? Well, Will Smith you and Jada, their entire lives are on social media every single freaking day. Well, wasn't... Chris Rock had to know what's going on with her. Wasn't there a story that was talking about how uh, she has extramarital partners or something like that? I can't remember. It's been months ago. Maybe one of them was Chris Rock. <laughs> well, no, my point is, if you could... 
It seems like you would be able to take a joke if you could take that. Exactly. You, you know what I'm saying? But at what in what planet would you want to look like a punk and just sit there? Some people can be stunned when they're slapped like that and go, what just happened here? Not everybody snaps to punching back. Oh. Meet, yeah. What's the thing about grudges and wittens? God forgives, wittens don't. Gotcha. <laughs> okay, listen, Miami Beach. I didn't know that that was a big place. Of course, I'm... In my 50s, why would I know where the hot spring break was? I always thought it was Daytona, but then Daytona got irritated by all mm-hmm. of the um, partying, I guess. They then, still have bike week. And then Gary, Indiana came along, was pretty <laughs> hot for a while. <laughs> that faded away. There was some place in Texas, South Padre Island or yep. something, that was hot for a while. But I guess Miami is has been hot for the spring breakers. But the mayor down there, he's shutting it down, man. He says that... Uh, they, they Last week, they put a 12 midnight curfew in on all of everybody down there because he says, he just said the tourists, the tourists here have created an unacceptable atmosphere and it's dangerous. Uh, the, the police are now overworked, overwhelmed, and he says the city is way past its end point. So, you know, anytime that you have that much cash coming into your city, you got to weigh the the pros and the cons by locking it down. It must be pretty bad, I would think. Have you guys ever done those college spring breaks where there's a million people? I've not. I, I have. Not. I, I never. I didn't take one minute of college, but we did seven tours of college spring breaks. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was the weird guy. I would leave my dorm at Florida State and go visit my grandparents on spring break because they were down in Florida too. Well, you were already in Florida, so yeah, I know. Oh, okay. The seven tours—that should get you like an associate's degree at least, right? Seven I, tours of spring break. I, w- I would you, think so. You, you probably <laughs> caught a couple credits worth of something down there, right? <laughs> yeah. he, he caught a lot of things. And it was the '80s, is when MTV was down there, the Beastie Boys, and all these acts. MC Hammer—they would be down there on, you know, they would do the, the shows on the uh, big stages out on the beach. It was a fun time, but uh, I don't ever remember feeling in, in danger for my life. But no. different times. Okay, I got a dilemma for you guys. Maybe you guys can help me with this one. All right, Jeff. This is Lily writing into Facebook. That's about Lily. relationships. Right. Lily. Let's hear it, Lily. My boyfriend and I have been dating about six months, and while he has already met most of my friends, at least the important ones, he has yet to introduce me to any of his. Well, last weekend he told me he couldn't hang out. When I pressed him for a reason, he said it was because he was going to a birthday party for his best friend. I finally had enough and asked him point blank why he wouldn't bring me and finally introduce me to his friends. He didn't really have a good excuse, and I told him if he's not ready to introduce me, he should stop calling me because I've had enough. Now I'm wondering if I overreacted. Six months, guys, the friends haven't met her. I think you got to walk, Lily. Yeah, walk. you got to walk. Absolutely. If you've not been introduced to the friends within six months, then uh, and if you're looking for a real relationship to me, you got to walk. That's it's, a bad sign. That is the uh, mm-hmm. a, a big red flag there. It's, Time to call St. Edward. It sounds to me, <laughs> it sounds to me like the friends know... The real girlfriend. Oh, you know, I was going to ask you what the speculation would be as to why he wouldn't want to. Is she fugly? Oh, well, she might be a moped. Could be. Or, speaking of mopeds, three or four of the buddies have uh, revved the engine. Oh, boy. Vroom, vroom, vroom. I'm not not a uh, OnlyFans guy. I I, I still don't get the concept because if... If you want to see some some nudity, it seems like you just hit on the Google machine. From what I understand, anything's out there. 
I've got my own wife at home, so I've got nothing to look at like that. I have no reason to. You have your own OnlyFans page right at the house. I have my very own naked lady at home. I don't need to go looking on the Internet machine for it. But there's a uh, an OnlyFans page. It's subscription. You got you got to subscribe. You got to pay money. This is really disturbing, though. Uh, this comes out of London, courtesy of Barstool Sports. That's who did the article. Uh, there's a uh, OnlyFans I, I guess celebrity, use that in quotation marks. Okay. And somehow I guess you can look at your subscribers. They have names or whatever. But one of them is Hottest with H-O-T-T backward three S-T. Hottest Daddy is one of her biggest fans. He's requested special videos, different other you know other things for her. Wait, wait, wait. You're not going where I think you're going. Absolutely. Unfortunately, I am. She finds out it's her actual father. Oh. Her name's Carla Ramirez. She even says that uh, Hottest Daddy, which is her real father, also spent $150 requesting special videos of her doing something I'm not going to read on the internet or on the uh, radio. You sure this isn't West Virginia? No, it's London. It's London. Uh, she goes on to say after she found out who it was, she says messed up on multiple levels and he should be committed and arrested. Well, that, that's just creepy. It, no, it really Altogether is creepy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's no there's no way to spin that. There's actually right? a story and you can check out the book at JCPS. Right. Right. Well, <laughs> look for a uh, look for a coloring book about this to be in the JCPS library soon. Uh, along those lines. 21-year-old Autumn Anchorage is now viral on TikTok. It's every kid's dream, right? Sure. She found out that her father and her BFF were doing it during their vacation. She found a rapper in her dad's truck, confronted her friend Autumn. Her friend said, yep, we did it. Rapper wasn't Ice-T by any chance, was it? So on vacation, no, 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 it wasn't R. Kelly because she was legal. (laughs) She said nothing illegal happened because she was old enough, but now the friendship obviously is strained. Obviously. Wow. As is both relationships, I would say, are strained, both with the friend and the father, I would think, right? This is the St. Edward Marathon here today. Really? (laughs) Going to be talking with Jason Nathanson here in just a bit. Uh, We're going to find out his view on this. He's the Hollywood reporter. We'll find out if he thinks it's fake. I I really don't know what to think. I'm leaning towards real because I, I can't imagine agreeing to a bit where you just look like a punk in front of the entire world. I, I, I'm leaning towards setup. I think setup as well. It's a down year for the Oscars. No one was going to watch it. Everybody knew no one was going to watch it. But now on Monday morning, it's all we're talking about. I think it's a setup. Is that? Uh, you think that's why Chris Chris Rock agreed to do it because he said, "You know, it's the Oscars. Nobody's watching." I I I just don't. I know, I know, but I mean, really, it wasn't that bad a joke. Seriously, I I don't know. I, and I, and I, he I, stewed on it for a while and held on to it all that time. What was the length of time between joke and slap? Well, I watched the video. It looked like it was, and correct me if I'm wrong, you, you watched it too, Jeff. Correct, yes. It looks like he's laughing and having a good time. A hundred percent. They cut to Will Smith. As soon as the punchline lands, his wife rolls her eyes, right. sort of you know, playing along that, that she's just been made fun of, and he's laughing. Right. And then within a few seconds after that, right as, as Chris is going on with the next part of his routine, Will Smith suddenly comes on stage. And 
I, maybe I'm reading too much into it when I watched the video this morning, but if you watch after the slap when Will Smith returns to his seat, it looks like he's fighting back a smile to and, me. And if you're, if you're truly mad as a guy and you're trying to protect your woman or your family, you punch a guy. Yeah, the open-handed slap is an interesting choice, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking fake. About- Every, everyone's talking about the Oscars for the first time in a while. Right. Which Mission is, accomplished. Which is ex- exactly. Mission accomplished, 100%. And, 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 and nobody's talking about the categories, though. Right. Who, who won what? Isn't that kind of the great shame for, like, Will Smith? He won Best Actor last night, oh, but no one Did he mentioned- really? Yeah, he did. Oh, he won wow. Best Actor, but nobody's talking about that. What was his movie? Uh, it was King Richard. He played the, uh, the oh, William uh, Sisters. Oh, Venus. And, yeah, yeah, I want to see that still. Looks pretty well, good. Well, I just want to know if we'll ever see – if you think we'll ever know the real truth on this? Yeah, they'll come out with it. I think so. I think we'll have some sort of event. There will be a summit over a dinner table between Chris Rock and Will Smith. Something will happen. There'll be some reality show where they're yeah. forced to live in a house together for a week. Uh, wow. <laughs> All right, it's time for Mama Joke Monday. Tony Vanetti will be back tomorrow. I had my dates wrong. I thought he was coming back today, but it's actually Tuesday when Tony Vanetti will be back here with your Mama Joke Monday. Dave Jennings. Guys, I mean, fellas. Hey, Dave. Fellas. What yeah. up, Dave? There we go. <laughs> you got to stick around for the jokes. The yeah. news ain't that important. Your mama's so ugly. How ugly is she? Her birth certificate's an apology letter. (laughs) That's ugly. Not only is she ugly, she is fat. Oh, no. Fat mama. How fat is she? She's so fat, took me two buses and a train to get to her good side. (laughs) I told you she was fat, didn't I? Oh, here comes the closer, I take it. She's so fat, she was crossing the street. I swerved to miss her, ran out of gas. (laughs) That's an expensive woman these days. Standing on the wall, get your back up off the wall. Tell me, how you gonna do it if you really don't wanna dance? By standing on the wall, get your back up off the wall. I heard Silicon chip inside her head gets switched to overload, and nobody's gonna go to school today. She's gonna make them stay at home. Hey, Bob Geldof and the Boomtown Rats. That's Dave Jennings. I'm Dwight Witten. Tony Vanetti will be back tomorrow. I had it wrong. I thought he was coming back today, but it was actually Tuesday. A little cold, but it looks beautiful outside. Thanks for coming along. All right, so you've been teasing this because uh, I waved you off on the pitch because I wanted to kind of dive into this. It sounds really interesting. Usually a lot of these best movie ever surveys, right? they've got to be uh, inclusive. Throw some foreign language films in, yeah. throw in the popular critically acclaimed movies that nobody actually saw. Well, these are, according to IGN, whatever okay. that happens to be, you can look it up. 
the best action movies of the 80s. Okay. I'm hoping it's not like Rolling Stone magazine will say, best guitarist ever. And you won't see Jimmy Page or right, right. Halen or anybody. You'll see, the, like, you know, Stanley Henderson from the Henderson clan. Who? who? You know? He was so influential. Oh, you don't know who the Henderson clan are? Then you're stupid. Jimi Hendrix knows because he inspired him. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Number 10 on the list. This okay. has to be, were the 80s the best decade for action movies? I, I got to think they were, Dave, because there was a formula that came out in the late 70s, early 80s, and it was horror, and it was uh, action. Well, you had the buddy action comedies that were right. huge in the 80s. Probably 48 Hours. Was that the first really good one? That was a great one. And then, of course, you got to start pairing you know, the grizzled detective with the dog canine cop that he doesn't want to begin with, but then they come up to be the best friends, you know, that kind of stuff, too. Exactly. Well, number 10, it's hard to argue with this. The first Lethal Weapon movie from 1987. That was, no, that was great, and it had me. And listen. It's hard to do this in a franchise, but I think every single one of these lethal weapons were really well done. All four of them were really good. And now there's a fifth one that's coming out. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, now, we'll see. Now, is this going to be like the, the older Indiana Jones movies where they bring younger people in to do the heavy lifting? Geez, I don't know, but uh, Mel Gibson had promised the director. The director said, when I die, will you take the reins? Mm-hmm. And evidently... Mel Gibson is, is honoring that promise, and there, it's going to be Danny Glover. Was it Richard Donner? Was he the director? I think so. I yeah. can't remember. I just remember reading the story about how Lethal or, Weapon 5 or, is coming out. Or was it Frank Blitzen? I forget. Uh, I don't know. Donner and Blitzen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not taking money out for that, am I? No. It's a push, though. Number nine. I'll give you a hint, and it's a pretty obvious hint. This is the chopper! Oh, that's Commando! Predator. A Predator. It's com- well, Commando was a good one, too, though, right? Yeah, it was good, but it, it did not make the list. Oh, really? But Predator, that was the first, maybe the, the villain that you thought, how can they possibly defeat this? Right. Do you remember when, is, that's the one where, because it could see heat. Remember, it registered heat, mm-hmm. right? That's right. And so in order to hide from me, he put mud all over himself and backed up into a a, a bank or something, didn't he? Yeah, he did that. Okay. That was didn't Stallone do that or did Arnold do that too? I think Ar- I think Stallone did that in right. one of the Rambo's. Maybe I'm wrong. It's been so long since I've seen these movies, man. But that one was really good. The second Predator wasn't awful. Danny Glover was in that. Yeah. But they did defeat him. Number eight, best action movies of the eighties, according to IGN. First Blood, nineteen eighty two. You can't, can't argue with that one. Decent story, right? Not just shoot him up. No, the guy's hitchhiking through town, and then the other you know, sheriff has to has to mess with him. You're not from around here, are you? Boy? That's right. You know, it's got the whole walking tall set up, and I liked it. And then at the end, the the, the grizzled vet comes out of the woods. Right. <laughs> I like it when they call in his commander from. Oh yes, he says it's over, Johnny. Nothing is over until I say it's over. We're going to do about five more of these movies here. <laughs> hey, but th- no, think about him, though. I'm going to talk like six times. Uh, think about No, think about Stallone for a second. He gets revenue from the Rocky franchise. And not all of them are good. Not all of them are good, but now, now they started another franchise called Creed. Yep, yep. So there's, I, I, you could say there's two there. Same thing with uh, Rambo. Not all of them are good. Not all of them are good, but he's got that. The Expendables, 
So he, I mean, he's not all of them are good, if any. No, but he's. My point is, think of all the money he's made. When last time Susan and I were in uh, Cabo San Lucas, when we were on the beach, we were right next to his former home. Wow. And he's since moved from this Cabo San Lucas home, but but the swimming pool was above ground on stilts, and it had like a windows in the deep end where you could dive down and look mm-hmm. out. The guy's loaded. Just think about the royalties and everything from that. But anyway, go ahead. I still think my idea for a reality show with the Expendables, which are all the old action stars, Stallone, Bruce Willis, Arnold Schwarzenegger. So Arnold ticked off the Russians. So supposedly there's a Russian hit squad. Who knows if there actually is? Right. But to have them all move into one of their homes. Right. And then set up all sorts of perimeter defenses. You get the DIY guys in. You build bomb shelters, all sorts of things. It'd be a terrific the Project movie. after project after project of these guys trying to Russia-proof their home. And, and by the way, watch them get taken out. But, right. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, you see Jason, uh, uh, I almost said Nathanson, Jason Statham, he's one of my favorite action stars, yep, yep. But, but see him try something, you know, where he flips the gun and just gets shot. And then they have to do uh, scenarios. Where Russians are actually attacking, then they have to get into position and, and run drills. <laughs> I don't know. I think it would be fun. I think it would be funny. Number seven, this is where we're going off the tracks a little bit. Well, I guess I had to pick a couple. Maybe they're awesome movies. I just don't recall these. From 1985, number seven, Police Story. I don't remember that. I remember Police Story with Angie Dickinson. Well, that's way back in the day. I, I don't remember Police Story. I don't know that one either. I remember Police Squad. That was funny. That was funny. The naked Gun. Not an action movie, right. really. Number six, I'd agree with this. I wouldn't have it ahead of Predator and Lethal Weapon, but RoboCop. I, see, I, I think it was stupid. Yeah. I, I think it's, no, listen, it, it's a good movie. It's something to go out on, date on, something to watch on TV. But I wouldn't say it's top ten greatest 80s action movies. Probably not. No, right? Some of the other Arnold movies probably are better. Right. Even Kindergarten Cop, that's probably 1990 or something. That was though. a, uh, yeah, I think that wasn't a 90. I started to say Last Action Hero wasn't too bad. It had a good premise. Yeah. But it was in the 90s. Jingle all the way. No, Arnold. <laughs> not that one. I had to look this one up. Number five, The Killer from 1989. It's a Jackie Chan movie. Yeah, I don't know that. So it's in Chinese. Okay, I wouldn't know that. Probably an amazing movie, but... Most people didn't see it. Number four from 1981, Mel Gibson also in this one, the original Road Warrior. That's a good one, and everyone loved the Road Warrior. Mm-hmm. And we're getting pretty close to the Road Warrior now. And then there was Tina Turner, right, that she came in the second movie, Beyond Thunderdome? Was that second or third? It might have been the third. I think it was third. Top action movies of the 80s. These three cannot argue with. Number three. Aliens, plural. I didn't watch it. Oh, you, oh, you've never watched that movie? I've never watched Alien or Aliens. Okay, now Alien is one creature. That, that's the one, right? And very suspenseful. But isn't isn't Alien the first movie? The first movie. Okay. More suspense than scary. Okay. I mean, it's intense at times. But Aliens, they go down to a planet where there are many of them. Oh, really? A colony has disappeared. They're trying to figure out what happened. So they send in the Space Marines. To do battle with the aliens. Sigourney Weaver, uh, Bill, not Bill Pullman. Oh, the guy that just died. The guy that was Chet in Weird Science. Oh, I know who you're talking Bill about. Bill Paxton. Yeah, Bill Paxton. No, it's really good. Well, I will tell you this. That might be the best. That might be number one. Susan and I watch the movies that made us all the time. Mm-hmm. And that was one of them. And evidently this director, 
he would get infuriated if you called aliens Alien 2. I see. For some reason, it ticked him off. But do not watch any of the other Alien movies. Watch the first two, especially the second. You don't have to see the first one to watch the second. Oh, really? So just watch Aliens. Okay, I'll do this. The Alien comes out of the chest, but you will love it. It's nonstop action. It's got some funny parts. But they killed the franchise off with the third one, in my opinion, because they killed off all the main characters before the movie even started. Really? Yeah, it's ridiculous. People escape the Aliens. Yeah. And then before they're ever seen on screen, they crash into the planet and die. And then they start a new story. So do not watch Alien 3. Okay. All right. Number two. Let me play some music, see if you can figure it out. All right. Second best, according to ING. Die hard. Die hard. Bingo. Yeah, baby. That's what I'm talking about. This is Argyle cranking up the tunes in the beginning. Welcome to California. Okay. We do it all the time. We're going to revisit again right now. Yes, it's a Christmas movie. Yes, it is a Christmas movie, Dave Jennings. I have a machine gun, too. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Let's get to the payoff here. Let's get to from the DMC. DMC. Christmas and Hollis. That ill reindeer. How much, how much better was country music, rap music, pop music, rock music, yeah. everything in the 80s? That is number two, and I would agree with that. I've watched it many, many times. I, I'm curious on number one. Number one. I'll give you a hint. It's pretty good, baby. That's pretty good. The first, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I find myself going back more often okay. to the one with Sean Connery, the third movie. I don't know. First, the first one was pretty spectacular. Second one's kind of annoying. Indy, 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 Indy. And she can't get out of her own way. I, but I got to tell you, one movie that I didn't hear, and maybe I'm, maybe you said it not here. Terminator. Oh yes. How is Terminator not in there? Because both of them, the first two, should be in there. I know. That can certainly knock out RoboCop. Take out the killer and police story. Absolutely. Do you think maybe move? What about Death Wish? Remember all those Bronson Death Wishes? Yeah, they were okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're okay. Yeah. But definitely the Terminator movies got left out. Not Overall, not a bad list. No, it's pretty good. Pretty accurate. Say. Hey, folks, listen, where are you going to watch Thunder over Louisville? April 23rd. At the Kentucky Center for the Arts. We're going to be there all day. Listen, 9 o'clock in the morning, that's when the Kentucky Center garage doors open. Just go ahead and pull in park right there. 2 p.m., that's when the doors open. Plus, more importantly, that's when the bar opens. 3 to 7 o'clock, we have activities for the family, and that includes live music. And, by the way, you can leave the center, go back and forth, and go into general population and come back. It's got your very own private restrooms. It's acclimated because uh, we we have heating and air in there, and and you can walk around. As you know, thunder can be any number of things. It can be cold and rainy. Mm -hmm. It can be 95 degrees, nice, comfortable 70 degrees all the time in the Kentucky Center for the Arts. And they don't sell too many tickets, so it's very crowded. Nope. It's perfect. you got your space outside, reserved only for you, Mm -hmm. and then you have the run of the Kentucky Center. Yeah, you're not sitting on the pavement and all this other business. Come on in. Watch it comfortably. 
with the WHAS crew. Three to seven or three o'clock. That's when the air show starts. Nine thirty is the fireworks. Tickets for adults are only fifty bucks. Twenty five for kids under twelve. It's a great deal. Go to KentuckyPerformingArts.org. KentuckyPerformingArts.org. Come join Thunder with us. Got a cool story here. Women in sports for the first time in the history of professional baseball. A woman has been drafted for an on-field role. Oh, cool. And it happened right here in the state of Kentucky. Alexis Scrappy Hopkins. <laughs> Love it, Scrappy. She's a catcher. Picked up by the Kentucky Wild Health Genomes. They play in the Atlantic League. That's the highest level of pro ball outside of Major League's system. And an official partner of MLB in the Southeast. She's super excited to know she's not a swimmer. So congratulations, <laughs> Alex Scrappy Hopkins, making history. <laughs> Forever Lawn. Go to foreverlawnkentuckiana.com. You want fake grass that looks and feels like real grass so you never have to water it, cut it, or feed it, or pull weeds ever again. This company is for real. It's taking this market by storm. Everyone is installing this. I have friends. Their entire backyard, front yards is now Forever Lawn, and it looks fantastic. And their neighbors hate them because they don't have to do anything, and their yards look great. 694-0647, 694-0647. Forever Lawn is exactly that. Foreverlawnkentuckiana.com. That's Dave Jennings. I'm Dwight Witten. Rolling on through a Monday. This comes from Reddit. We love Reddit on the show. People go to Reddit and they go ahead and talk about things that, well, need to get. They out shouldn't. There. They shouldn't. Yeah. This this is uh for for women. Women took to Reddit and they shared the cringiest things they ever did when they were in love. Reddit should rename itself TMI. It, it really should. But there's some good stuff that came out of it. So this is this is a list of women sharing the cringe cringiest things they ever did when they were in love. Okay. First woman says, I paid off his debt because I was hoping it would put him in a better mood and he would stop being an a-hole to me. Nope. Well, it turns out he was being an a-hole to me because he was cheating on me and he only stayed with me so I would pay off his debts. So she paid off student loan and credit cards hoping you'll become the only one. Women, don't take on a bum. There's too many good men out there. Okay. Most of them are gay, though. Yes. The night, the, the night of the breakup, I got in my car and sat in the driveway for 30 minutes and just cried and cried as if it was going to help. It didn't. But time heals all wounds, she said. Oh, that is true. That was kind of lame, by the way. Yeah, it was lame. What so I? I broke up, and then I, like, cried for a little while, and I realized it was okay. I'm up better now. That's it. Cool, yeah. Uh-huh. Here's one that's kind of funny. She played League of Legends at some gamer game. Oh, boy. So I could be a cool gamer chick that you always dreamed of having. Don't change yourself, ladies. Be who you are, right? There's a good episode of Big Bang Theory where Penny gets into video games. Oh, really? Turns into this you know, Cheeto dust all over her shirt. <laughs> hasn't showered in about four days. I thought I was going to get, look, I thought I was going to go down that road. Charlie Steele from QMF when he worked here. A bunch of people. Charlie's that, a gamer? Oh, big. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a snowy day, and I left the radio station. And I got to uh, Best Buy, I guess, around 1 o'clock. I bought my uh, Xbox, and I bought Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. I hooked it up, and I started playing around 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Charlie still called me. He goes, how's it going? I said, hang on, let me pause it. 
I says, going great. I'm still trying to figure this out. It was 9 o'clock. Se- oh, wow. Seven hours just flew by. I thought I was going to be a gamer, but it just kind of puttered out. Good thing you got into other vices. Right. <laughs> this is uh, things that women shared, the cringiest things they did when they were in love. This one says, I flew across the ocean with hopes of convincing the guy that I liked and had feelings for to choose me instead of the girl that lived right next to him. He didn't choose me. Really? He didn't choose the five-hour plane ride? Golly. Long distance, I'm telling you, it never works. There are plenty of guys with that accent. That's right, baby. He's just faking. Yeah, Nigel. (laughs) We'll fix you up with Nigel. That'd be a good one. Uh, Here's one. said, I got on my knees and cried and begged him not to leave. Ugh, he left anyway. That's not too good. That story started out okay. Yeah. Hang on one second. Oh, here's a good one. Well, it's a snorter. I'm trying to think if this one's worth uh, Hang on. Let's go ahead and just end with this one. Okay. Okay. I comforted him while he cried about his ex not wanting to be in a relationship with him. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I comforted him I, while he cried. I comforted him while he cried about his ex not wanting to be in a relationship with him. Yes, he and I were a couple at this time. So he's still crying over his ex. Yeah, she's comforting him while they are a couple. Run. <laughs> Run as quick as you can. I know you've been getting into these collectibles lately, what people are paying for cards. Yeah, for some reason when COVID hit, that started to boom and I started to follow it. I don't know why. People also collect tickets now, ticket stubs. I've got tons of them for over the years. So the highest price ever paid for a collectible sports ticket was $480,000 for Jackie Robinson's first game. $480,000. Wow. But over the weekend, the record was shattered. Oh, shattered my record. Shattered. Shattered. This was a 1934 ticket to the first Masters. So oh. $600,000. Now, it's not just a ticket. It was autographed by 17 of the golfers that played in the tournament. Are you kidding me? Including the winner, Horton Smith, Bobby Jones, and Walter Hagen. Fifteen years ago, guess what this ticket sold for? Okay. What it sold for 15 years ago? or Right. Fifteen years ago, this ticket, it sold just recently for 600000 But 15 years ago, it sold for? 50. Think 50 bucks. Are you serious? 50 bucks. I was going to say 50000 but I started to say 50 bucks as our uh, Who sold a Masters autograph ticket with Horton Smith, Bobby Jones, and Walter Hagen? None of them alive 15 years ago for $50. Wow. And then you turn that over 15 years later into 600000 Hey, man, that's, that's a good investor right there. Never happens to me, though, this kind of thing. Listen, okay, so Susan and I, we watch television together at night as part of mm-hmm. our time together. And occasionally, like the Tommy Lee show, uh, the Tommy and Pam and Tommy on Hulu. With the talking tool. A talking tool. We just started watching another thing. I believe it's on either Hulu or Amazon. It's called Minx. And it's about a, hmm. it's about a woman who's starting a adult. A fur coat business? No. An adult magazine with men in it. It's, it's, ah. it's set in the early 70s. We like stuff set in the early 70s. The clothes. The right, whole, right. It's our favorite time, you know. So... But on these, when they're doing these photo shoots, you can notice that the men look very gifted, we'll say. So they either recruit 
actors that are right. gifted. Right. Or they find things to make them look gifted, and, I'm guessing. And so I thought, I look at it and say, honey, there's no way. There's no way. There has to be something done to look like this. Makes you feel good about yourself, doesn't it, when you're sitting next to your wife? And of course not. Everybody in a movie or the TV show is okay. she, packing. She, she sees me coming out of the shower. She sees me coming out of the hot tub when it's cold. Honey, this is not a real depiction. So, I say all that to say this. There's a big story, a big rise coming up of the prosthetic... Thank you, Hightower Men's Clinic. The prosthetic penis is being used more and more and more in Hollywood. Evidently, when you see male full frontal nudity, uh, the trick is that they are more times than not prosthetics, including Sebastian Stan in Hulu's Pam and Tommy. It's not surprising that actors don't want to see. I mean, if you have a chance to have the whole world see like this on the big screen, as opposed to... But then to, the story like this comes out. I know. For, for example, what was the, the movie uh, uh, Dirk Diggler? What was oh, it? Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights. At the end of that, zip, and it's revealed, you're not ever going to live up to that. But, and that wasn't Marky Mark. No, of course not. far as we know. They didn't, they didn't show the head. Uh, it was a neck down shot, Fauci. That's funny. Mine's real. Just shut up, please. Yeah. Well, we all got to clean the house, keep everything clean and neat and germ-free, but these are cleaning habits that actually make your home even dirtier after you do it. Oh, I wonder what the debate is. There's always the debate. Do you vacuum first and kick up some dust, or do you dust first and then vacuum? Let's see if that's in there. Number one, all right. Number one is going overboard with cleaning products. You know, the old adage, my grandmother used to say, if one's good, two's better, which explains a lot about me. But Tony always said that, too. <laughs> If a little works, then a lot must really, really work, right? No, not so when it comes to cleaning sprays and liquids. Uh, what happens is the the more excess you get on, on uh, surfaces, the more it attracts and actually traps dust and dirt to that residue. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. And you get kind of gunky. This is something that I remember being like six or seven years old. and This is, this is Fat Dwight. Yes. But I remember being six or seven years old and being at someone's house where they were babysitting me because my mom had to go somewhere. And the lady took, when me and the rest of the children were finished eating, the lady took the sponge out of the sink and started wiping our faces with it. Okay. And, and me thinking, oh, my gosh, this is disgusting. And I'm only six or seven at the time. I've never understood the keeping the sponge there and using it over and over and over I, I, again. Well, listen to this. Okay. Same so, thing with the guy in the hanky. Right? I've never understood the hanky. Because you're going to get crustified boogerage. No, I can understand if you carried a handkerchief, a brand new one with you, and if a, someone started to cry or something, go, here, here's this handkerchief. And by the way, please keep it after you snot it. Right. You know, I can understand that. But but he's already used it probably. But the guy that, I know, that brings it out and blows his Yellow nose. Yellow pack of Kleenex. I think it's like an old guy thing, It's right? got to be. This is another one. Using your dish sponge to wipe down the rest of the kitchen. In case you haven't heard, the sponge is covered with bacteria. In fact, kitchen sponges contain more bacteria than anything else in your house, including the toilet. Yeah. So it's never a good idea, Susan Tyler Witten. And you take that sponge around the rim of all your wine glasses. What are you doing? Come on. Uh, we're getting short on time, I think. Uh, okay. Well, there's two more. 
overloading the dishwasher, even if you. But here's the thing with us. We always wash the dishes. We do, too. And then put it in the dishwasher. I use it as a sanitizing machine. That's what I do. I don't expect all the chocolate and all the gravy and everything to come out and not shoot up into my glasses. I don't trust it. No. Yes, we always wash every single dish and then put it in the dishwasher. I'm glad we're not the only. You don't scrub it, but you get the chunks out of there. I scrub them. I just don't want to drive, so put it in. Yeah. Anyway, overloading the dishwashers, even if you're doing with good intentions, like, you know, we got to save water. Anytime you overload the dishwasher with too many plates, bowls, silverware, it's not going to clean them properly. And then finally, save dusting for the end. Yes. Carriage Ford, folks, you know it in southern Indiana. Been around a long time. Marty Book comes on the radio with us all the time. We talk sports. We talk cars. I ordered a new Maverick. It'll be in sometime this year. But I custom ordered. It's the first time in my life that I sat down with somebody there on the computer and said, do you want this? I went, yep, nope. I picked the color, picked the wheels, picked the amenities or the extras on the truck, and I ordered it. And I can't wait for it to get in. It's a four-door, full-size truck. And it's a it's a hybrid, so I, I don't have to worry about gas. It gets 50 miles to the gallon. I can't wait for my Ford Maverick to get in through Carriage Ford. Uh, you can do the same at any Ford truck or car, and right now get $1,500 cash back to use in any way you want. Uh, CarriageFord.com. Let's do some shopping for cars and trucks right now. Custom order your vehicle. CarriageFord.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.